All right. Okay. Pastor Ben, you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Welcome to Soldiers for Christ, Global Community Church. Andrea is going to pray me in, and then we'll get started. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Our Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord. Lord, we thank you for today, dear Jesus. We recognize that it's like no other day, dear Lord. We thank you for the blessings of today, dear Jesus. We thank you for your presence of today, dear Lord. We ask that you cover pastor, dear Lord, as he speaks your word, dear Lord. Give him a voice today, dear Lord. Let it be strong and bold, dear Jesus, and clear, dear Lord, that everyone may hear you, dear Jesus, with clarity, dear Lord. I thank you for today, dear Jesus. I thank you, dear Lord, that you continue to be right there with us through every step, dear Lord. And I know that you have a message for us, dear Lord. So with bowed hearts, dear Lord, we come to receive from you, dear Jesus. Let us hear from you with clarity, dear Lord. Let it rest upon our soul, dear Lord, that we may be encouraged on today. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We bless you. Amen. 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 And double amen. Elohim Tov? Kol Hazman. All right. Baruch Shemcha Adonai. Um, these are a blessing, Pastor Ben. Um, we're going to make sure people read that. Okay. Um, yesterday uh, and... Uh, Yesterday morning, before <coughs> me and Drea went to go see Chosen at the movie theater, um, I was watching on television quite a few testimonies of people who had been through situations in life and had gotten saved. And testimony after testimony were it is impossible for this person to be in the position that they are in right now had it not been for Jesus. I'm talking about a lady who, after um, her son had died, she cursed God and then got into witchcraft. Then uh, to ease her pain, started doing drugs, ended up homeless, eating out of the trash can, and then um, her drug dealer saying, her drug dealer saying, God told me not to sell you no more drugs. God told me. There's a church up the street, you need to go. And she went to the church and got saved. God got her a place to stay. Then in, she ended up opening a business and having one of the most successful business on the military base ever. And that's how God healed her okay from that all types of um, people surviving child molestation to people who had been drug dealers that ended up killing people and going to jail and in jail trying to commit suicide and couldn't and then eventually gave the life to Jesus Christ was able to get out of jail <laughs> I don't know how you get out of jail after murder. 
get married and have a successful business. And you go, this is impossible without Jesus. And so as I went to see Chosen last night at the movie theater, and I'm so glad someone had got me off of the, the idea that watching Chosen wasn't good because someone said that the, the Mormons were involved in the movie. And um, it was assured to me that there's no Mormon doctrine in the movie, okay? The movie is just biblically, and I can tell you it's Hebraically sound just by watching the series, okay? Am I promoting it? You bet 100% I am, because I believe it does something for us. It makes us understand that the main reason for Jesus coming was not so we can be rapture searchers and continually, and that be, he came for souls. Right. His whole idea was <clears throat> he came with the intent of dying to save souls. Yeah. And with the humility that he did it in, healing people, loving people, rescuing people, what could have been judgment, like the woman who they all wanted to stone, mm -hmm. but a kind-hearted, pleasant, forgiving God saw the situation and forgived her and told her, go and sin no more. Yes. You know, so what the movie did for me was this. It, it took me from the idea that Jesus was not human. That he was not a person who walked around with fallible people dealing with earthly problems, trying to find out how to get out of these situations. Amen. And it took a great amount of love for him to still be wanting to die on the cross after meeting us. <laughs> <laughs> Because he was walking around with these people and they had flaws, anger issues, unforgiveness issues, greed issues. And you just realize God was here walking around dealing with human beings. And um, so he came for souls. And I want us to know and understand that as little time as we have left, if you can win one more soul, yeah. that would be a beautiful thing. Yeah. That would be just an awesome, awesome thing. Yeah. I was reading um, some of these things about um, divine revelation of hell and the journey that she went into hell. And I remember seeing um, meeting uh, Daniel Hood the first time and as a Christian after I read this book I had decided that I was going to give out 10,000 copies so I was going to the copier and they would copy them and then I'd hand out all of them then I'd save a copy and go get it copied and hand out and I met Daniel Hood 
who was in a wheelchair and had been he had been shot and had died immediately while he was reading it. He pointed to one of the sections and saying this lady was actually there. This lady was there. And I was like, how do you know she was there? Then Daniel Hood began to tell me his testimony about being shot coming out of a a party and dying and 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 them pulling his body out of the morgue twice so his mother could identify the body and his grandmother could identify the body then the doctor calling the calling her the next morning the mother the next morning saying get to the hospital your son has a pulse and so he immediately showed me his certificate that was or a article that was written up that he had got shot and died so and he carried this around with him and he told me about the tunnel and as he's going through the tunnel seeing the faces of people and demons on the sides of the tunnel when he said they were all demons but he could say he could hear all of the screams of agony as he's being escorted in the tunnel on his way into hell he said at the end of the tunnel was was fire and he said it stunk so bad in there but there were these all these faces embedded in the side of the tunnel and and he's like where am i like he's like i could feel like i could feel all of my senses where am i and he says something grabbed him and he thumped back into his body and he said it wasn't like waking up it was like somebody put me back in my body because i was out of it and he said this is real so me and him became best friends and he started coming to my prison ministry giving his testimony to some of the young juvenile prisoners letting them know what happened to him and um and giving them letting them see his obituary and uh so the lord gave me this message this morning because he gave me one more idea one more um revelation about this incoming time and he said you don't have to show it today you could show it another day but to let the people know this one thing that you have three things that are that are imminent and very close to all mankind right now the kingdom of god for those who are born again tribulation for those who are in a casual relationship with god and hell for those who have rejected christ he said all of this is so close to mankind right now that it's like a step away but if no one hears or knows or understand that this is about winning souls will miss the opportunity to tell one more person about Jesus because it's not really about what Satan is doing you're not going to be able to stop it i don't know if you guys know what sudden death syndrome is right now but all the morticians are getting together and saying something is happening people are dying suddenly and they have something in their blood that we've never seen and they say we know where it came from but we're not allowed to report on it 
And so all of these people are dying. I mean, when that football player died in his shower at the age of 31 or 32, they attributed to everything. But I went to check to see when he got the you know what. And I said, oh, my goodness. So now all of these doctors are coming forth and they're saying there's a thing called sudden death syndrome that is just happening of young people all of a sudden falling over and dying. And he says all of this, he said, they say, I think he said oh, maybe not a millions, but at least a couple of billion people took, you know, uh, to the to the lie. So I'm just letting you guys know and understand what Satan has planned, he has put into operation. And what he has planned is still moving into operation, including a world war is in operation. You can't stop tribulation from coming. Okay. You can't erase the, the fact that hell exists. The only thing that you can do as a born again Christian is to live for Jesus and to help Jesus to get someone else saved with an understanding that they must live for him. The biggest problem is people get saved and nobody tells them that they're coming into a spiritual war. And so this is basically the base of what God has given me today. And I'm going to start off today's message by saying a prayer in Hebrew. We know this prayer. Jack, well, you don't have to help me sing it today, but you do sing it beautiful. Smile Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Achad. It is, hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Smile Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Ve'hvata et Adonai Elocha. Bekov davavaka. Uvko nefishka. Uvko mechodeka. Ve'hayu ha'devarim ha'eli asher anoki mishvacha ha'yom al-levavaka. Ve'shana tamla venecha. Ve'debartat bam be'shifteka ve'vetteka u'letteka ve'derek. U'shak beka u'kumecha. U'shak u'shak tam La ot al yadeka vehayu le tuta fut bainai neka utavtam al mizuzot peteka uvishareka. Behashem Yeshua. I pray. So the words to this is Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Then you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And with all your strength, let these words, which I command you today, be upon your heart. Repeat them to your children. Speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk on the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Bind them as a sign upon your arm and let them be a frontlet between your eyes. Write them on the doorpost of your home. So God in passage or in this prayer was letting them know this is the greatest commandment that 
that God is giving to human beings. And then he says, and the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. But listen to me. He's telling them, love me with everything, with your heart, with your soul, and with all your strength. And then he says, and, and, and when you're around the house, speak of these things to your children. Put them as postmarks in your house so that you know that the word of God to remind yourself that I'm here, that my word is here, that my, that my plan is in action, to remind yourself daily of what's really going on. One of the guys that gave his testimony said that he had got um, shot and had died on one of the testimonies. And he said, when he died, he said he could see the flames and he could feel the heat. But he said what he felt most of was the pain and the torment that was that gripped him. He said it was so much pain. He said the only, he said I can't really explain it in a human way. He said you can only say think of your worst pain in times at times 10,000. And then consider the fact that you're in that position for eternity. He said the agony was too much. And the, and the lady said, well, after you came back, um, um, did God let you feel his presence? And he said, yes, when I came back, I was in the presence of God and I never felt so warm and complete in my entire life. He said, there was nothing, no sensation in the world that could beat being in his presence. He said, it engulfed me and I felt like everything was absolutely wonderful. And he said, so I got to see both sides. And he says, I don't know, he said, Think of the best thing that's ever happened to you that brought you the most joy. And times at times, 10,000, and it would not be feel as good as being in the presence of God. So he was letting me know in this testimony that God is real and his presence is beautiful. But he's, there's another place that's before us. This is why Jesus came. This is the love of God. I'm here to save you from the other place and to give you my presence. And so to win one more soul is very important. Am I saying the rapture is not close? I am definitely not saying that. God gave me one more thing to tell me, look, look at this number and you tell me this is impossible. And I looked at it and I went, oh, my goodness. One of the members sent me something else and I went, oh, my goodness. And I'm like, God is really trying to let us know that is right in front of us. And don't get to the idea where you think this is more about your joyful day than it is about a soul. OK, so this is our opportunity. I want us. When Jesus, let's go to um, uh, the book of Mark.
chapter 12. And uh, I believe we're going to be in verse 28 to start. And it says here, then one of the scribes came, having heard uh, them reasoning together, perceiving that he had, he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him. The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, or with all your strength, the Hebrew says, and with all your, and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, and the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Therefore, it says, um, there is no other commandment greater than these two. Then God stopped me and he says, if I'm asking you to love me with all your soul, with all your heart and with all your strength, does it sound like I'm into casual dating? And I'm sitting there and I'm going, no, Lord. Then why do you believe that people who you meet that are casual about Jesus will be okay? The Lord said the greatest cry at the rapture is the casual dater. Those who are casually dating God. God says you have to be all in. You can't be. God can't be. The girl that you take out every now and then, but you have no plans of marrying. He, you have to be all in. And you have to tell your children, we need to be all in. Yeah. Amen. Because God wanted me to know, look, this is so close. But remember the words of my son when he was there. He said... Not many are saved. And we say, oh, that's impossible. There are 46,000 churches in America. And all of them have at least a few people in it. So how are you saying that very few? He said, only those that are living what I said to live are available for that day. Casual Christianity does not survive. I want you guys to know that. The Lord said the greatest cry at the rapture is the casual dater. You know Jesus. You even read your Bible every now and then. You pick it up. And when you're in trouble, you always pray to your Lord. And if something happens that's really good, you say, ain't nothing but the Lord blessing me. But your whole life has nothing to do with obedience and living for him and God says the measure of your love for me is not what you do in my presence 
the measure of your love for me is what you do when you're not in my presence. When you think you're not in my presence, he says. Because you're always in my presence. But since you think you're not, you do you. But when you're at church, you put on the facade. And God says it's casual. So as I was continued reading this, he said, um, so the scribe said to him, well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. There is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all your heart and with all, with all your understanding and with all your soul and with all your strength and to love one another as oneself is more than the whole burnt offering and sacrifice. Now, when Jesus saw that he was wise, that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You are not far from the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is a mentality. The kingdom of God is within you. You understand? This is what Jesus meant when he said the kingdom of God is within you. Why? Because it's a way of doing things. Yes. It's a way of acting. Yes. It's a way of, of, of treating people. It's, a, it, it's, a, it's something that has engulfed your whole life. That is something you live every day. You are not far from the kingdom of God because your mindset is kingdom cultured. Yes. And for, for Jesus, he got it because to understand that meant that he understood that he had to be kingdom cultured. It had to be fully something ingrained inside of him. He doesn't have to walk around trying not to do things because his mentality is kingdom. Amen. And God wants us to be all in. This is where you get the word cult from. A cult is designed to get you away from kingdom culture. So as a parent, you are supposed to cultivate your children into a kingdom mentality. As a parent and a husband and a wife, you have a great responsibility to the kingdom of God because you are cultivating the seed and growing the, the crop that is going to come into the kingdom. If you don't cultivate, then the cult, which is Satan, will come in and he will begin to teach cult to what you've been trying to cultivate. That's what the 16-year-old girl said. I went to church and I saw everything, but they didn't really teach me that Jesus was real. I know we went to church. See, let me tell you, to take your child to church and never talk to them about Jesus mm. is a mistake. Amen. Because you're showing them that you're religious, but you're not showing them that it's personal. So you got to talk to them about the things of God. What's right, what's wrong, why Satan is after you, how to protect yourself. Why you need to read your word. 
All of these things are you cultivating someone so they're ready for kingdom, for kingdom culture, okay? So please, it's a great responsibility. Don't sit there saying, well, I don't want them to be mad at me. I don't want them to say, oh, mama, you're always talking about Jesus. Who cares what they, they are there to be cultivated by you. Amen. Sit them down. Yeah, I got your allowance, but you ain't getting it till you hear what I got to say. <laughs> they will sit. You are still the parent. So God says, look, you're not far from the kingdom of God, but he wanted them to know you're not far from it, but you're not there yet. Listen. I want us to go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. <clears throat> and we're going to be reading verse 12. I mean, we'll start at verse 11. But you, O oh man, man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness. Now, what is he telling you to, to flee? It says, for the love of money is the root of all evil, for which some have strayed away from faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So that comes before verse 11. So God says, you flee from worldly lust and covetousness, and things that pull you away from God. Flee from those things. Because right before you, right before you stands torment or glory. Flee those things. Run from them. Pursue after Christ. These are very strong words. He says, but, but you, O oh man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness. Run after righteousness. Not be casual about righteousness. Right. Run after it. God, how can I be better today? How can I get into your word more? How can I know you more? Run after it. Look. And pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Then it says lay hold on eternal life. That word lay right there, lay hold, it's a word that means grip with all your strength. It's not just me. lay hold of it like I just grabbed that. No, it means to grip something as if you're about to die if you, if you let it go like a rope and you're hanging off a cliff. You wouldn't lay hold on a rope. You would do what the Greek word says. You would grip it with all your life and strength, right? God says, lay hold on it, on righteousness, on, on eternal life. Grab it and hold on to it tightly because standing before you, which nobody wants to tell you, is torment or paradise. Forget tribulation. God told me a long time ago, there are, there's billions of people 
that would love to go through the tribulation. If I told them you could come up out of Hades for the next seven years and go through tribulation, they would love it. They would say, oh, I have, everyone would volunteer. Because they say, can I get a drink of water when I get up there? Yeah, but people going to treat you bad. Can I get a drink? Of, will I be in torment and pain? No, you won't, but you will be running for your life. It's okay. Will I be able to get something to eat? Can I even eat a, can I smell the air, fresh air? Because it stinks down here. Can, I, I volunteer to go up and go through tribulation, Lord, because hell is that much worse. And God is like, I came to save people from hell. Tribulation stands before them, but worse than that is Hades, which has been built for people who don't have what's qualified to get into the kingdom. And so what, we, what we're holding on to loosely, God is saying, stop it. I'm not into casual stuff. This was my commandment to the Israelites when they came in. When they came in, this was my, my, my commandment to them. You love me with everything in you. Yes. And you teach it to your kids. And you put it around your house. And you make sure that this thing is the most important thing in your life. What? Seek ye first the kingdom of God? Oh, wait, we're not even at the, old, the New Testament yet. He's telling them this in the Old Testament. You seek me first. Yes. In the New Testament, Jesus says, I'm going to make it simple for you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, then everything else you need will be given to you. How do you, how do you end up from addicted to crack cocaine, sleeping in a box in an alley, waiting for the restaurant to throw the food in the trash so you can eat, to having your own business? Right. How do you get to a point where you go to your drug dealer and he tells you, I can't sell you drugs today because I used to go to church when I was a kid and God told me not to sell you any drugs. You need to go to the church up to the street. Go tell her that? She says, are y'all crazy? I'm trying to get high right now. She goes to church and gets saved. The Lord said, this is why I came. This is why I came. This, this, the pleasure of this is why I came. Like, I don't have to give my testimony. As bad as my testimony is, I don't have to give it. But listening to all of their testimonies, I realized this is why he came. Because that behavior was leading that person to torment unspeakable. Yet, they came to their mind. And they accepted the love that I had for them. And she said, I went right home after I got saved. And she said, I got high. And she said, the guy I was living with, he said, he said, how you doing? She said, I got saved tonight. He said, well, why are you smoking weed? And she thought about it and she went, he's right. So she stopped smoking weed. And then she moved out. And then she got her own place. Then God gave her business. And I'm like, how did you do that, God? Somebody's in control. You understand? Drea had just got fired from her job. They told her, 
um, we have a job for you. It's only for two years, but at least you can work there until you figure out something better. Tria been there, how many years you been there now? 13 years. <clears throat> so you need to know and understand it's God that's, you understand? Over there, you over here, there. You understand? So no one understand this. Now, I need us to go to 1 Timothy chapter, no, 1 Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, okay? 1 Peter chapter 1. Now, the beginning of this message, oh my goodness, this morning, the Lord, the, the, the beginning of this message was God showing me this. He said, remember, I, remember this was in 2020 because that would have been the 120th year that's marked out in Psalms. Remember, me'at, me'at, ve'astrim, 120. Remember when you took out the letter vav, which means salvation? When you minus the six, it was 666. So the Lord said, I want you to title today's message. 2020 was not a warning. It was a demonstration. It was a demonstration to mankind and to Christians what's about to happen. I'm going to say it again. The Lord said what happened in 2020 was not a warning. It was a demonstration to mankind what is about to happen. So what happened in 2020? You found out that the whole world can be controlled by one person because somebody was doing this and I'm not talking about <clears throat> half the countries in the world and the other half are free I'm trying to tell you every nation in the world was under this lie and every nation in the world was under this stress and every nation in the world had to do what they said do or else. And if you didn't like it, you don't need to have a job. And so God said that was a demonstration that it can happen. You have Christians <coughs> that were saying, how could this be going on? Why did the Lord come? He's giving you a demonstration. He's showing you what they can do. They can do it. Then in 2020 came the idea for cryptocurrency. So they patented it and they gave it the, 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 the patent number of 060606. And then now you have this, this supposed cure and you have a cryptocurrency all under the same 060606. God said it was a demonstration to you to let you know what's written in Revelation is right at the door. But if you don't want to listen, you don't have to. But the Lord says you cannot uncreate hell. You cannot stop tribulation from coming and you cannot stop the rapture from happening. They are all three right at your door. 
Amen. Amen. Yes. The Lord, you know, when the Lord talks to you, you don't even care if you get an amen. You be like, I'll just go say what you said. Amen. Hallelujah. So in first Peter chapter one, let's read there. And I'm in the new King James Bible. Because uh, the Lord told me to read it from here. It says, um, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims uh, of the dispersion of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, uh, Bethania, Bethania um, elect concerning uh, uh, the foreknowledge of God, the Father, in sanctification of the Spirit, and obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again. Who's, why are they saying again? Because Israel is the first begotten of God. Jesus says, because he's speaking to Jews here, and he's saying, look, I've begotten you again. I died on the cross to redeem Israel again. You understand? But in doing this, I'm calling the world to an invitation to salvation to experience kingdom living. Yes. This is a very important thing. You understand? This is very important. None of us are anything without Jesus. Amen. You have no help for your sin without Jesus. Amen. You are fornicating, cursing, cheating, no good person without Jesus. Whatever you were, I'm just saying a few, you pick out which one is you. Drunk, alcoholic, drug dealer, whatever you are, you are that without Jesus. And he came to watch you get conformed into his image. Incredible. Listen to this, okay? It says, um, I'm gonna start in, uh, let me start in verse three. Blessed be the God, the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through your faithfulness for salvation ready to be revealed in the last day. You're being kept by God through what? through your emuna, through your faithfulness. Because, here, we'll, we'll continue. It says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, if need be, you have been uh, um, grieved by various trials that the... I can't see that word, genuineness, the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold 
um, than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found praiseworthy uh, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you, who, who having, who, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. It's your soul. It's your soul. That's what they want. That's what Satan wants. He wants your soul. You understand? It's eternal. Your soul. It can't be erased. Your, the way you laugh, the, what, the things you like, the, the stuff you like talking about, the music you like, everything that's part of your soul, God wants it. And Satan wants to destroy it. And God says, look, I will keep you. I've done what's necessary for you to be saved. And I will keep you through your faithfulness. If you decide to live for me, not just say I go to church, but if you would love me with your heart, all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, then... We will be in a real relationship. Yes. Casual relationships are ugly. Yes. People get hurt in casual relationships. Yes. <coughs> as a matter of fact, God says it'd be better that you not know me than get in a relationship with me Ooh. and play games. Yep. Basically, I'm ghettoizing the, the <laughs> but I'm telling you. Yep. That's what God is saying. He said, it is better that you not even know me. He said, you would have been better off had you not known me than to know me and then walk away from me. He said, it would have been better for you to not have known me. So understand that casual relationships get people in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. I was listening to Al Green. Al Green said, him and a girl, the, the lady that, 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 that threw the grits on him, said, said, um, said uh, so are you going to marry me? He said, he was giving you the conversation. So are you going to marry me? And he said, ooh, I don't want to talk about such a harsh word right now. I just got my first gold album. I'm just starting in my career. He says, can we talk about this another time? And she said, sure, babe. And she hugged him. And she said, you know, I'd never do anything to hurt you. And then he went upstairs and she began boiling water. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now understand this. One person was madly in love and the other person was casual. It produced what? R rage. It produced rage. You understand? Because nobody wants to be in a casual relationship with somebody they're in love with. Amen. So, see, we, 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 we want to say God has no feelings. No, God grieved when he made, when he saw what man was doing. So he has feelings. Yeah. 
God grieves when he sees someone who accepted Christ and then went back into the world. He grieves over that. This is not something God wants to see. He's totally into you. Listen to this as we continue to read this, because I got to get to this part here. It says in verse 10, it says of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you um, through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look upon. Listen to this. Therefore, gird up your loins. Okay, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Rest. Okay, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. First of all, it says, gird up the loins of your mind. You know what that means? Make a decision. Make a decision to fight. If being a Christian was easy, I would have told you so. If being a Christian was easy, Jesus would have told you so. Everything Jesus told them was about picking up your cross and following me. Those who follow me will suffer persecution in this world. He's telling you this is going to be fun. Pick up your armor. Put on the full armor because the fight is on. Everything Jesus is telling us is that this is a fight. Because you're in a fight does not mean you're losing. It just means that you're, that you're throwing punches. Yeah. You might be getting hit more than you're hitting. <laughs> but if you're not, if it's not over, keep fighting. Maybe the lucky punch is coming. Right. Christians call them breakthroughs. <laughs> but maybe it's coming. <laughs> but keep fighting. Why? Because torment and glory and tribulation are right before you. So keep fighting. And please, if you're a Christian, don't you dare judge somebody to get them to stop fighting. It just looks like you just don't want to be a Christian. I don't even know why you go to church. Who told you to tell them that? That wasn't a, a spoken word from the Holy Spirit. Your word should be, I know you're still messing up, but God is a forgiving God. Keep trying. But I keep messing up. Keep trying. God will give you the victory. Your job is to speak life. So I'm saying, God, it's like people. But this is the thing God wanted me to get to. Let me get to it. It says, um, but as 
I got started at 14. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lust as in your ignorance, but he, but he who called you in holiness, you also be holy and conduct your, um, in all your conduct. Because it is written, be completely conformed and and committed to me because I am completely conformed and committed to you. I'm breaking down, be ye holy, for I am holy. What God says, I am completely faithful to you, and I want you to be completely faithful to me. Be as in love with me as I am in love with you. This is what God is asking. And so how we think that we can casually be in a relationship with God, because the Lord told me this morning, he said, the greatest cry in the rapture is the casual dater. I was a Christian. I don't know why God would come. I know the rapture didn't happen because I'm still here. Well, I'll show you my usher badge. When's the last time you've been to church? Well, you know, I go a couple times a month. When's the last time you read your Bible? Well, you know, mostly on Saturday mornings. So, what'd you do last night? Well, me and some friends went out for some drinks. See, you're a real Christian. You know why you're looking at me like that? Because you're a real Christian. The beginning of this letter was Timothy, a true brother in Christ. You know why he called him that? Because Christians know Christians. Right. Amen. Amen. We were in that movie last theater last night. There were some real Christians in there. Walking in with Jesus t-shirts on. We could talk to them like our own brothers and sisters were in the theater, right? Hey, girls, how y'all doing with all those Jesus shirts on? We knew y'all was coming in here. Oh, you know that? Jesus, we fans. And we're all just talking. It was a beautiful experience being in a theater with a bunch of Christians enjoying a movie about Jesus. Yes. It was like sitting with, with all your friends, right? So, see, even the dream that I had about when we were in heaven, everybody was family. We were all had the same mind, the same love, the same kindness. The glory of God stands before you. You, of all the millions, billions of people on the earth, somehow you found Jesus. And rather it was easy and you grew up in a Christian home or it was hard and you grew up in a crazy home and somebody outside of it told you about Jesus. You're in Christ and you're on your way. Lay hold to eternal life. What did I just say? I didn't say lay hold. Grip eternal life like your life depended on it. Grab it and hold on to it. And while you're holding on to it, see if somebody else might be interested in missing out on torment. <laughs> Just see. Because if you don't bring it up, you don't know. That's true. If you don't bring it up, you never know. And the person that, that, that witnessed to me about Jesus, 
He didn't think he didn't think I was going to accept go to Bible study that night. He took a big chance because I was really going to jack him up. <laughs> he took a big chance. If, and to get me to go to church, I, I, I could see him the next day at school. Hey, hey, big Sandman went to church with me. Really? You get out of here. Stop. He was just at a weed party with us. What you talking about? But he, see, he saw an opportunity for me and he said, hey, I said, bro, what happened to you? What happened to your afro? He said, I accept you, Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And he started telling me about Jesus and come to church. That changed my life. You understand? That changed my life. You could change someone's life just by taking the opportunity to insult them. Because every opportunity to witness is also an opportunity to get someone mad. You understand? But you got to take that chance. Yeah. It's worth it. If they accept Christ, it's more than worth it. Yeah. I just want to say this before I stop. Before I stop. God gave me another uh, message to show me 2022. And he's like, I'm just putting it all out there. I'm putting it all out in front of you so that you'll know that this time is, uh, is, upon, is upon mankind, okay? I'm putting it out there. So, I'm like, Lord, okay, I'm gonna speak about it. He says, no, you don't have to speak about it now. I want you to talk about something else. He said, what I want you to talk about then is how important a soul is to me. How much I love to see somebody come to Christ. He says, it's not just the scripture that all heaven rejoices when one person accepts Christ. It really happens. They celebrate you. They know one person accepted Jesus today and they celebrate it. And all the people that have gone before you are a cloud of witnesses rooting you on to get there. So I want you to know and understand what you're dealing with is not religion. The reality of God is Jesus Christ. The reality of history is in the Bible. Every moment from the beginning to the present day has been written to you and you see it happening. So get away from my religion and get to the fact that you're in a relationship with a living God who stands before you every day who can't wait for you to be there so he can say, told you, told you it was nice, okay? He's waiting for it. And if you can bring somebody with you, what's greater than that? Praise God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all ain't took up offering? What kind of church is this? <laughs> <laughs>